Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, which I'm excited to say we're now airing five days a week. Once a week, you can still hear an interview with a different consciousness change maker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness on Spaceship Earth. But now, in addition to the weekly interview, on the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, taking questions from the audience, covering a bit of positive news, giving interpretations of a favorite quote to ponder, and you can hear us ranting about whatever other positive ponderings come to mind on that day. And as you guys might imagine, producing this podcast is definitely a labor of love for me and Dalian. But make no mistake, it takes a lot of hard work to put it together for you guys, especially now that we're doing it five days a week. So if you enjoy the fruits of our labor, please go over, give us a good rating and a review on iTunes. Uh, Subscribe for free while you're at it, of course, if you haven't done that already. Uh, iTunes truly is the holy grail when it comes to podcasting, and good ratings and reviews are what help our iTunes ranking so that we can gain more exposure in the massive sea of other podcasts that are out there. Uh, Even if you have terrible ADD and don't want to take the time to write out a review, trust me, I get it. I'm a bit of a spaz too, but please take at least, you know, the 9.2 seconds it takes to give the show an honest star rating, which only takes one little click. I assure you it will be very much appreciated by us and that the good karma gods will rain blessings down upon thee for doing so. All right, all you positive heads, welcome to the spooky Halloween episode. (laughs) Is everyone scared? Dan, why are you you hiding under the couch? I I mean, it's not real. I'm just pretending. I'm not really that spooky or possessed. (laughs) Um, You are somewhat scary. It it is Halloween. So happy Halloween, everyone. (laughs) I hope you liked our scary Halloween uh, intro there. It was very, uh, very well thought out. Let me tell you. (laughs) It was inspired. (laughs) That was sarcasm. Um, But uh, yeah, it's Halloween. So what are we going to do that's Halloween-y today? No, it's not Halloween. Actually, tomorrow's Halloween, but we don't do a recording on the weekend. So it's Friday. There are some scary things around the studio that you know about. I just happened to look behind me and saw the alien peeking at me through the triptych here. The one back here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. We do have a little alien uh, holographic card that's peeking at you over there i guess Mm -hmm. that's going to be the extent of our spookiness today Mm -hmm. all right guys let's get into the non-halloweeny stuff that we always talk about we had to we had to do a little homage there um what's going on with you today dalian dalian the alien nothing much um just uh another day in paradise as you always say it is indeed we we live in a beautiful part of the world and we happen to be in a very beautiful studio at the moment and um, life is good. So what's going on with us, with me? Let's see. Yesterday was my son's 17th birthday. I cannot believe I have a 17-year-old. You know, I feel like I'm like 18 myself. So it makes it very awkward when he's more mature than I am. But <laughs> that's the way the world works, I suppose. I had him very young. So, so yeah, I'm, uh, it's just... It's it's wild. So, yeah. So what did I do yesterday? Uh, actually, it helped. One of the reasons I bring that up, it helped to kind of inspire what I wanted to talk about today. And that is 
inspiration. Um, what we did is I actually took him out of school early yesterday. I had to take a, a meeting up in L.A. Uh, helping uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Stefan Jacobs, who actually we uh, played some of his music on one of the last episodes when we started featuring music. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he's got a new project called Sesh that's a peer-to-peer marketplace. It's a startup and you know, having some experience with startups, I'm helping advise and consult and so forth with that. And so I've been going up to LA pretty regularly for meetings there at Sesh headquarters. And so it's cool. I took Bradley, my son with me, and it was really inspiring for him because of course he got to go to a cool uh, studio in LA where, you know, Stefan's a pretty well-known producer, DJ, and he got to kind of see that whole setup. And, you know, at that age 17, he's very inspired, getting very inspired by music. And so he got to go and see kind of headquarters of someone who's producing, you know, music and doing it for a living and, and uh, so forth. So that was really inspiring. The other thing that he's into very recently is clothing. So uh, after leaving Sesh headquarters there, uh, we went over to meet my uncle who is helping uh, his his other nephew on, you know, not by blood. Uh, I'm his nephew by blood. Other side of the family, I guess you would say his wife's nephew. Um, and uh, helping him with a, uh, a, well, not really a startup anymore. I guess it's a few years in, a clothing company called Stamped. And uh, so that was really inspiring for Bradley as well because, you know, here's, uh, I think, uh, the guy that actually I met his nephew for the first time yesterday, Chris, I believe his name is, and a uh, really nice guy. And, uh, you know, he started painting Chuck Taylors a few years ago, uh, which, you know, doing custom pieces that he was selling. And then it went on to making clothes and other things. Now, oh, really he, cool. Huh? Yeah, yeah. He was just named GQ Designer of the Year, you know, here a few years into it. So to go oh, from wow. starting something very small, you know, out of art school, I believe, his, uh, from what I heard. And, uh, you know, to a few years later, be, you know, be named designer of the year and to have this growing uh, clothing label. So it was really cool to take, you know, my 17-year-old who's just getting of age and kind of looking at what am I going to do with my life and, you know, really loving those two things. It was really cool for him to be able to see, you know, here, well, here's someone making music for a living. Here's someone making clothing for a living. And it just got me thinking about inspiration in general. So that's what I, I decided I would kind of talk a little bit about today. And um, so thank you guys both yesterday for providing uh, <laughs> that inspiration, inspiration for our show, right? So, uh, so yeah, that's what's uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about. And um, it got me thinking about Okay, quotes, quote of the day. So what will be our positive, positive pondering of the day? Uh, I found something actually in a book that happens to be sitting on the shelf right next to you, Dan, called uh, Inspiration, Your Ultimate Calling by Dr. Wayne Dyer. So I opened up that book and started flipping through it, Uh, found an amazing quote. Uh, So for without further ado, I'll just go right into the positive pondering breakdown of the day. As far as the quote that I found, it goes a little something like this, or a lot of something like this. When you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all your thoughts break their bonds. Your mind transcends limitations. Your consciousness expands in every direction. And you find yourself in a new, great, and wonderful world. 
dormant forces, faculties, and talents become alive and you discover yourself to be a greater person by far than you ever dreamed yourself to be. And that is a quote by Patanjali, uh, author of the Yoga Sutras. So, um, you know, uh, he lived, I think, a few hundred years, you know, uh, B.C., you know, mm-hmm. 200 B.C. or something like that. So what a great quote. And, oh, yeah. and you know, what my breakdown of that is, of course, when you find that thing I, I, that is meant for you, that inspires you, you know, you hear follow your bliss. L- when you find that thing that really excites you, that's when you really come alive. It's not no longer becomes w- becomes work. You know, they say find something that you love to do and you never work a day in your life. And that's essentially what he's talking about here. Thousands of years ago, you know, you your mind transcends limitations. Your consciousness expands. You find yourself, you know, fully alive. You're plugged in. You're plugged into the purpose that you came here for. And I think we all prior to incarnating in the third dimension have certain things that we came here to do it's like imagine you have god's toolbox at your disposal of every talent every anything that you could ever imagine it's all there and you're deciding what you're going to take with you based off the life that you're choosing and the task at hand what it is you want to experience so it's almost like building a video game character where you're okay well i'm gonna make a 10 in agility and an eight in intelligence and a you know so you have uh, these infinite toolbox that you chose certain talents and certain skills and certain things that you're attracted to prior to incarnating, then you come here and part of the game of, you know, hide and seek with yourself is uncovering and unlocking what is this thing that I'm supposed to do. And when you find this thing or things that you're supposed to do and you bump up against it, you become inspired you become motivated you want to get up and go to work on it every day and so many people settle because they're fearful that i can't make i can't make art and make money can't make a living if that's what you're meant to do not everyone's meant to be an artist a clothing you know designer of the year or a you know big time music producer but if if it's something that you're meant to do then you're going to have that inspiration and you're going to follow maybe your inspiration is totally is in banking you know whatever it is you can be bring your creativity and your passion and your inspiration there and that's really the most important thing that i think we all need to do is what inspires me what am i excited i'm excited about crunching numbers okay great maybe you're going to be the world's greatest accountant or just a good accountant or just you know but uh i think we're all we all have that creativity and i think it's uh it's squashed in a lot of people because of fear or lack of a belief in self that they can actually achieve it. So uh, whatever it is that they'd really like to do, and I would encourage everyone listening to be bold, do something that push your boundaries, put yourself out there, you, you know, only with great risk does great reward really come. And so many people just settle and you want those dormant forces, faculties, and talents to become alive and, uh, you know, discover that you are indeed a greater person uh, by far than you ever dream yourself to be, like Patanjali saying here. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely uh, a day to be inspired. Every day should be a day to be inspired. And I thought this was an amazing quote. And what a great synchronicity to kind of, you know, because this is a book, actually, I have the receipt in it that I bought back in 2006. 
So it's been sitting on that shelf. I think I read it at the time, but that's been a long time ago. So I'm thinking, hmm, inspiration. Uh, and uh, I start kind of looking at the books. There's a book by Dr. Dyer. And um, who, of actually, course, just recently passed away. But who yeah. just recently passed away a few weeks ago. And he is. But uh, he was an inspirational figure to so many. Oh, like, we so, are both huge fans. Huge fans. If you guys have not checked out Wayne Dyer's work, um, do so. He has written, I don't know, 30 books. There's, um, you know, you can find videos on YouTube. You can find, um, you know, a lot of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he was a pretty major contributor uh, to uh, public television, right? Yeah. If, you, if you, He used to always do fundraisers for public television. So probably a lot, I would imagine a lot of those recordings are out there. I think he was published through Hay House. So you can probably go to Hay House and find all kinds of stuff from him that you can order CDs and videos. And, you know, so I would highly recommend doing that. And um, just to kind of continue talking a little bit about him in the book, um, in this groundbreaking book, Dr. Dyer explains how we've chosen to enter this world of particle and form from our place of origin in ways that we don't readily comprehend now. We knew what we were coming here to accomplish, and we participated in setting this life process in motion. So why not think along these same lines? Why put the responsibility or blame on anyone or anything that's not a part of us? On Earth, we have the capacity of volition. We can choose. So let's assume that we had the same capacity when we resided in the spiritual realm. We chose our physical body, and we chose the parents we needed for the trip. It doesn't seem too great a stretch to move into the idea that we chose this life in concert with our source. Inspiration can be cultivated and be a driving force throughout life. Rather than showing up every now and then and just as mysteriously disappearing, seemingly independent of our desires. Inspiration is for everyone. It isn't reserved for high-profile creative geniuses in the arts and sciences. It's inherent in our divine birthright. The problem is that as children, we're gradually taught to believe exclusively in the world of phenomena where ego is dominant and inspiration diminished. So that book, Inspiration, Your Ultimate Calling, I actually want to take it even a little bit further and share a story from the book. There's the, the cover of the book actually has a picture of Dr. Dyer holding a butterfly. And since we oftentimes feature stories of synchronicity and coincidence and positive paranormal phenomena, uh, he has an amazing story that ties in to um you know the the cover of the book and being inspired and the things that and he talks about the things that can happen when you are in, in you know in that state of inspiration and all with you know source connected to source with the universe where you're allowing things to have so much magic can start to unfold when you're in the flow like that so uh what i'd like to do is actually uh punch in here this story of dr dyer telling talking about the butterfly uh on the cover of the book here is the butterfly's story directly from uh, a recording of dr dyer talking about it it's the ayurveda center out in massachusetts during the day, we would go out, and then in the evening, he would come in, and Jack always had to have a story. He had to, he had to tell a story. And, and he started to, he t- talking to me about these wonderful little creatures called monarch butterflies, and how much he loved them. And, and the reason that he loved them, he said, Wayne, these are the most amazing little things in the world. I mean, they've got a brain the size of a pinprick, just no brain, essentially. And they're made out of 
tissue paper, you know, like toilet paper. They're just flimsy little things, and they come out, and they're they come out of a, a chrysalis on the on the uh, on a branch in a tree in uh, in Brazil. Now they they don't have a brain, and they're made out of toilet paper, <laughs> essentially, and they fly to Nova Scotia. 4,385 miles away. And they spend some time there doing whatever you do in Nova Scotia if you're a monarch butterfly. And then they turn around, these pinprick brain toilet paper insects, and they fly all the way back to Brazil. But not only do they go back to Brazil, they go back to the same tree. Not only do they go back to the same tree, they go back to the same branch. And they start the whole process all over again with another cocoon. I mean, it's like, I've got a brain that's supposed to be pretty good size. I leave my cell phone in the bedroom. I did this just the other day. And I walk out of the bedroom. I can't find my cell phone. I have to call the number on another phone. And I'm listening to this funny little sound that I'm and looking under pillows, I know it's over. I had a call twice. Because I didn't want to get charged for the first call. Well, anyway. Well. And I and these things can find the same branch that they were that they came out of a cocoon on. So anyway, he would tell me about the the miracle of these things. All right. So I wrote that whole story. The, the 17th chapter is about the language of spirit, how spirit speaks to us in ways that we don't even, that we're not even aware of. It speaks in terms of alignments. When things align, when the same numbers appear, the same ideas keep showing up, when these, when these kinds of alignments show up. So I called my uh, editor, Joanna, who's here tonight, um, who's edited everything I've done for the last uh, 30 years or so, and can only only person in the world who can read my handwriting. <laughs> Um, and um, I read her the handwriting, <laughs> um, and um, I read her the story of the of Jack and the Monarch Butterfly. And I called my friend, the president of Hay House, who's my publisher, who's also here tonight, Reed Tracy, my best friends in the world. And um, I read both of them the story. Right? And then, because <clears throat> I always do that when I finish a chapter, I read it to just see what it sounds like took off on my walk. It's 12.30 in the afternoon. I'm going for a walk along Kanapali Beach. And I walk, and I walk, and I get out to this place called Black Rock, out on West Maui. And um, I'm walking there, and I'm at peace, and I'm going to meditate, and I got my cell phone with me, you know, I found it. And uh, a monarch butterfly flies right out of the tree, and I've, I don't think I've ever seen monarchs there before. Right? A monarch butterfly flies out of the tree and circles and lands right there, three feet in front of me. So I think, well, a little bit of a coincidence, but uh, you know, that's because I just wrote, I just read the whole story. Just, and I reach over to pick up this butterfly, and it looks at me like, I'm a butterfly. You know, I, <laughs> I don't deal with humans. <laughs> My DNA is programmed to stay away from you. And it flies away. And it goes out about 40 yards, and it makes a U-turn, and it comes back, and it lands on my finger. 
right here. And I look at it, and I have never had this happen before in my life. I've had butterflies brush up against me once, but I've never had one just seek me out. So it lands here. And I immediately reach for my cell phone. <laughs> and I call Joanna, you remember? <laughs> and I said, Joanna, there's a monarch butterfly on my finger. You know what I just read to you this morning? She said, as she always does, she's so sweet and peaceful, meditate. I said, meditate? This is a monarch butterfly. I just wrote about him and Jack and all. She said, just go meditate on him. So I call another number. And I call Reed, the president of Hay House, my buddy. All right? And I said, Reed, I read to you this morning about a monarch butterfly. I've now got one on my finger. It flew to me. He said, get a picture. I said, what are you talking about? Get a picture. I'm like, I got my bathing suit on and a cell phone. I don't have a camera. He said, we've been thinking about what's going to be on the cover of the book. He said, this is perfect. Right away, thinking about, you know, this is inspiration. This is like it's come to you for that reason. Get a picture. Get a picture. So I went, I took Joanna's advice, and I meditated. <laughs> now it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon when this happened, and I meditate for 30 minutes, and I called Joanna back, and I said, it's still with me. And I called Reed back, he said, get a picture. <laughs> so, now this butterfly is doing, during the meditation, I, <laughs> I don't know how to say this without sounding strange, but it's, uh, it's okay, because every word of this is true. I swear to you, <laughs> this butterfly was trying to talk to me. I don't know how close you've ever looked at a monarch butterfly, but it had tiny little, it had, almost like teeth, but they're not really teeth. I know they don't have teeth. <laughs> and I bring the butterfly up real close to my eye, and it's, it's doing this. I swear. And I said, Jack? Because I had just written about him. I thought it was Jack. And then I took the butterfly and I put it over by my ear. In case it was making little sounds and it had a little, you know. I, I was just totally freaked out by this thing. Because it's now been an hour. It's been an hour. It's now, and it won't go. It's like I take it over here, I put it over on this finger, it goes over here, and it won't go. And I'm going, okay, you know, that was not, it won't leave. It's just connected to me. So I walk, I think, I said, maybe Reed's got a point here. Maybe we need to get a picture of this thing. So I decide to walk back to where I live. And I walk along now in the, on Maui in the afternoon, the trade winds come in, and they really blow hard in the afternoon. And I'm walking, the, the ocean is over here, the trades are coming in, and the butterfly's wings, toilet paper, are all the way bent over, but it won't leave. All the way bent, as far as it can go, and then I come back and I get out of the wind and it goes, you know, it's like flashing and making sounds, and I hold it up. <laughs> so I'm walking along the beach, uh, the, the beach there, and there's a little girl, who she's about four, five, six years old, who's totally traumatized 
because she got the wrong color Slurpee. <laughs> that's, that's her issue, okay? <laughs> Giving her mother more grief, you know. I want to tell her about Immaculate in the bathroom. I want to tell her, you know. She, <laughs> I didn't want purple. I wanted yellow. And you gave me purple Slurpee. I hate purple Slurpees. Going on and on. It's real, you know. So I tap her on the shoulder, tears are on, and I just, well, I said, uh, you want to see my pet butterfly? <laughs> I did. <laughs> she said, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? I said, Jack. <laughs> this is Jack. <laughs> I did. And she went, she went from, uh, I don't know how to say this. She went from pissed to blissed, okay? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they can use that. She went from, you know, being so upset to just this total state of bliss in just one second. The tears dried up. She smiled. She wanted to know if she could take it home. I said, no. What are you talking about? This is my butterfly, huh? I get all the way back to where I'm going. It's now about 1.30 in the afternoon. About an hour and a half has gone by. I, I live in a place where they have a concierge downstairs and there's a pool there and there's a girl there, her name is Cindy. And I, I walk upstairs and I call Cindy down at the pool and I said, Cindy, can you walk over to the ABC store and get a uh, portable camera and be here in uh, five minutes? She said, do you want me to come to your apartment? <laughs> with a portable camera in five minutes. <laughs> I said, yes, I do. <laughs> she said, why? I said, I want you to take a picture of me and my butterfly. <laughs> she said, uh, what are you smoking? <laughs> I said, no, it's true. I found a butterfly and she does yoga and she's like one of these people. She, she said, okay. I also said, there's $100 in it for you if you can get here in five minutes. She went up there, came back. She had got one of these little cameras. I went out, sat on the lanai with the manuscript and I had 20, I think 29 pictures she got of me with the butterfly. And I was posing with it. It was like, you know, over here. See my butterfly over here? My butterfly. I was. I didn't, I didn't know what he wanted. I don't know what, but, you know. So, so uh, she went. That's that's the actual butterfly. Truly, it is. Now we had to take a different picture because those. You know, $13 cameras uh, aren't the kind you can use on photographs on books and so on. But uh, I insisted that they put Jack on my finger on this so they transposed it through, I don't know, through computers or whatever. So that's the actual butterfly. And if it flies out of there right now, I'm going to fall down, right? I promise you. So, so I get back, <coughs> I had the, she went, took the camera in, got the pictures to develop. It's now um, around 2 two o'clock in the afternoon, so it's been, or three o'clock in the afternoon, it's been two hours, right? That, but now I don't know what I'm going to do with this butterfly. What do you feed a butterfly? You know, what, uh, do I get a leash? <laughs> do, I, do I get a cage? Am I going to keep him? Do I, you know, get rid of him? Whatever, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. But uh, I set it down on the manuscript that I had handwritten that morning 
where, it talked, where I talked about Jack and the, and the uh, um, uh, monarch butterfly, and I set it on there, figuring it may be recognized that this is where it came from or whatever. So I had it walking around on the, and I went in, went back, took a shower, it was gone, did a little meditation, did a little work, and so on. Came back, butterfly is still there. Two and a half hours. And I reached down after having taken a shower, and I put my finger down there, and the butterfly looked back up at me, just like it did when I went to pick it up down here, as if to say, well, who are you, and what are you doing? And I'm going to show you that I'm not sick, and this isn't an accident. And it took up, and it circled me, and it took off straight out towards the ocean, made a circle, and was gone. All right? And that's my butterfly story. And it's... Uh, What I'm suggesting to you is that you pay attention to the powerful things that show up in your life and that these things that we call coincidences and so on are much, much more aligned with spirit than you may have ever thought them to be. There are no accidents in a universe which has an organizing intelligence that supports it and creates it. And anything like this, any of these kinds of things, can be very powerful messages. It's the language of spirit speaking to you. And there's no doubt whatsoever, no matter what anybody thinks, that I don't know that that was Jack. And if you're in a place where there are no beginnings and there are no ends, and there's no north and there's no south and there's no up and there's no down, that means it's infinite and there's only one place. And if you're in a place that only has oneness, in it, then it can be anywhere it wants to. That spirit can enter onto Maui on a butterfly just as easily as it can enter into uh, a, a butterfly in Brazil or any place else. There's no space. There's no place. Yeah, that is a f that that's a really funny story. I think I remember hearing it before. I don't know if I read it in the book or you told it to me, perhaps. But uh, I just didn't remember how funny. Yeah, it was. well, he was. Yeah, obviously, he had, he was a what a great storyteller, right? Mm -hmm. um, definitely inspires me doing what we're here doing. You know, he's was at it for a lot of years. Um, when he died, I'm not sure how old he was. Maybe up seventies, eighty. I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah, he was getting he was up, up there. there. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, what a great story. I hope that inspired you guys as much as it did us. You know, when you get in in tune with, uh, you know, source, what can happen, the things, the magic that can happen, the, the, the winks from the universe, the winks from your higher self, the winks from, and in this case, he, he referring to Jack, you know. Right. Um, so who knows exactly? And that's part of the mystery, but there's definitely something to it. Yes. I mean, how often does a butterfly land on you and then winds are blowing him sideways and he doesn't fly away for hours? Like crazy. Yes. We know from our own lives that if you start playing with the sort of energy, the whole magic thing and expectation, you can have some things happen to you that will literally leave you sitting there laughing your ass off because it will be just so synchronistical, magical, and funny too. Yeah. Just like what he's telling that yeah. you will be there in awe and it will be the funniest thing ever. Well, I have so, a story yeah. that's somewhat similar and I believe I share it in my second podcast if i'm remembering correctly it's been a while we're like at number 35 or something now so um i want to say it, i did share it uh a story of the moth uh when i first uh the moth that landed on me 
in a somewhat similar fashion. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you did. I, but you briefly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, yeah. I won't go into the story now for time's sake because we're already getting pretty far, far along after hearing, uh, you know, Dr. Dyer's entire story there. But, um, yeah, you, if you guys are interested, you can hear my somewhat similar story uh, in my second podcast. I tell a bunch of you know personal synchronicities and so forth. Um, yeah. And one last thing I will leave in regards to the theme of the day, this inspiration uh, you know, looking through the book, one of the things that he talked about is the, the easiest way to get inspired is by trying to inspire others. We do indeed get what we, you know, you get for yourself what what you give. I mean, bottom line is if you want to receive something, the best way to get it is to give it away to someone else. And what are ways that people are inspired? And if you think about these points that he makes, uh, it, they're all true. It, whenever you see an act of kindness from someone, it inspires you. Whenever you see gratitude from someone, it inspires you. Whenever you see generosity from someone, it inspires you. Uh, whenever you someone is truly listening to you, not just thinking about what they're going to say next, but you can tell that they're actually engaged and caring what you're talking about. That inspires you. Uh, when you see someone who's truly at peace, they have that peaceful, calm energy that inspires you. When you're living passionately, you know, passion is a big one that inspires people. That's one that I've probably been told that I inspired a- another more than any other time is, wow, you're passionate. You're so passionate. Um, you know, that really inspires me. And um, so living passionately. And then of course, being truthful, you know, I, I can think of a not too long ago, having an instance where, um, you know, I did, I, uh, I actually, for some reason, my rent payments didn't go through for a few months and I caught it or, uh, the person that was actually my assistant at the time who was paying bills and stuff for me pointed it out. And so we caught it. It's like, wow, it's like, you know, a lot of money that was not paid. I could have very easily gotten away with not paying that rent for a few months. But that is not in line with my understanding of the universe. And that is, you know, this is an opportunity to be truthful. This is an opportunity to tell the universe that you are always going to be transparent and abundant and show that, you know, there's not going to operate from a lack of abundance and deceit. And so I went to them and said, Hey, guess what guys, I owe you a bunch of money. You didn't the payments never went through. You know, we had them on automatic setup for years. So, um, and of course, you know, I, you could tell by the response, it's like inspiring, like, wow, they're, you know, and I think the response was there, there are good people in the world. Thank you. You know? And so when you do those sorts of things, not only are you inspired, but you're inspiring others. So give away what you want to receive. If you, you know, whatever you would like to see, be those things, kind, gr- grateful, generous, listen, be at peace, be passionate and be truthful. And you'll find inspiration flowing through you because you're inspiring others and when they see it and, and you're just drumming up the vibration of this inspirational stuff. And so, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's, I love it. that's uh, uh, once again, that's from the book. Uh, inspiration your ultimate calling by dr wayne dyer uh who recently passed and uh it was an amazing teacher and i'm just his work is still goes on <laughs> your uh talk about inspiration that inspired me to think of one more thing what I, I and i love everything you said of course it's all very very true from my experience but um the thing that i love about inspiration that i hadn't really considered is that it sort of forces you in a way to have to remain open mm-hmm. because you can't really be inspired if you're 
you know, so mired by, by your own negative thinking, if you're closed off to new probabilities, if you're so convinced that things are a certain way and that's right. the way it's got to be, right. inspiration is just not really going to be a part of your life. Right. So if you want that magic, you also have to keep things, you know, relatively open, right? And go with the flow, be open to new things, have your mind and your heart very, very receptive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, Dalian, what do you got for us today in regards to the story of the day? And now for your positive story of the day. Well, today I'm going to talk briefly about radionics. Um, mm. There's a, an article in Popular Mechanics that came out a couple of days ago that uh, delves into this whole uh, you could say science. Some people would call it pseudoscience. But what's interesting is it's been around for a minute, actually. Radionics has also been referred to as uh, psionics mm-hmm. or psychometrics. Okay. Uh-huh. But what it, it essentially is is using a little bit of technology to manifest your wishes. So perhaps it is a little bit related to, yeah, to inspiration. What people do is they build these uh, devices that uh, have some circuitry to them. And uh, but what they're ultimately meant to do is to help you tune into and manifest uh, wishes and to, you know, help you accomplish things in life. So what people do is that they create these machines that will have some dials and knobs that you turn. And of course, you know, some of it sounds a little kooky, but a little like pseudoscience said, going right, on right, here. Exactly. But hey, we're open to all, th- all right, things. Exactly. No, the thing we're not that, saying it works. We're not saying it does. Actually, exactly. If you believe it works, it's it's working in my opinion. So exactly. That's more or less where where I'm going with this because this um, there was a guy in the early 20th century, um, Albert Abrams, who was building these devices and talking about them as early as 1916. But the article talks about a couple guys now. There's a, even a gentleman named Joseph Max who only a couple years ago was um, publishing a blog uh, talking extensively about these devices. And uh, people are kind of concluding the same thing you just said, that it may be a little kooky and funny uh, at first, but then the more you think about it, all it's really doing is help you channel your intention. Right, right. right. So more and more people are really coming around to the idea that these things might actually possibly be, you know, be working. Wow. Yeah. I'll have to look into that a little bit more. But yeah, it's just you're creating some sort of a ritual. You know, it's like you hear people also creating like altars, uh, you know, for things that they want to attract and putting pictures and things, you know, you're taking you're you're setting intention, you're creating some sort of a ritual. So, you know. Even if there is or isn't some kind of scientific basis that it makes this thing in any way, shape, or form real, and it certainly seems like a lot of people could easily argue that it's a far stretch, but I don't even care about any of that, really, because at the end of the day, you're the real generator of your own uh, manifester of your own reality, and if you do this thing where you're using this little box and you're tuning some knobs and you know setting an intention, then you're you're taking action, and it's it's interesting. You know, when you understand that it's all the power, the true power is within you, but it's, it's, I'd be interested. I need to look into this a little bit more just for myself, just to see what they say about the science aspect of it. Mm -hmm. No, it is really interesting for sure. It reminds me that, you know, that's why I had to bring it up to you earlier, ask you real quick about your uh, staff, because you have this awesome wizard staff. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon's built himself an awesome, awesome staff (laughs) that in a way uh, is a little bit of of a radionics device you could say well yeah it's my it's certainly my mom uh, a nerdy outlet um you know i as most of you guys know who listen regularly or 
attend festivals. I go to a lot of transformational festivals. And of course, part of the whole um, vibe there is people, you know, dressing up and <clears throat> all kinds of fun, creative costumes. And you see a lot of um, staffs and spirit sticks, as they call them, and things like that. So a couple of years ago, some friends uh, and I made uh, staff, you know, and it's it's kind of like a wizard staff has a big giant amethyst crystal on the top of it. And what's great about it is I set the intention with it was people would, and I actually uh, have a light uh, source underneath it. So at nighttime, I'll carry it around. If I'm, if I feel like lugging it around, I'll carry it around at a festival and it's got this glowing amethyst on top of it. And it looks really, really cool. Um, Thanks to some friends uh, who are very handy. They helped me to make it look awesome. And uh, so for several years now, I've been carrying this thing around. And people will come up to me and, you know, that really love it. Oh my gosh, that crystal is so beautiful. It's glowing, you know, whatever. So I always tell them, well, my intention with this is, you know, as Nikola Tesla put, put it, one of the smartest men who ever lived, crystals are living entities. Whether or not we understand the nature of their reality, they're living nonetheless. And so, you know, that's something to consider. This is a living entity or being in some way. With some, you know, abstract uh, consciousness is just a fascinating idea in general. And then uh, also that crystals are, of course, amplifiers of energy. So what I will tell to people who approach me about it is with this uh, staff, my intention is to have people like yourself who are really taken with it and, you know, admiring it to actually take. And since it's an amplifier of energy, take whatever in your heart or mind and uh, send out to the crowd and know that it will be amplified and, and affect them in some way. And so people light up when you tell, when I tell them this, they take the staff, they'll close their eyes for a moment. They'll send whatever's in their heart and mind to the crowd. And now all this intention and energy has been put into this crystal. You know, over years you have people that have put their love and intention energy into it. And as a result, you know, we're, it's funny because uh, you know, my girlfriend will make fun of me for carrying this thing around sometimes and get annoyed because it's like in her way. <laughs> like if we're out and there's music and we want to dance and here I've gotten like my other girlfriend, the staff. And uh, so she'll always tell me, you know, leave it, leave it behind, leave it behind. So one time I actually recently uh, needed to go to the bathroom, didn't want to carry it in a porta potty. Hey, hold my staff for, you know, for me for a minute. And she thought, you know, okay, well, what's with this, this kind of stupid thing in her mind, right? And she's like, um, she decided to uh, actually, you know, try what I always talked about with it. And she being very sensitive, you know, Reiki master and doing, you know, a lot of energy work and things like that. A very sensitive soul already. She said it was wild. She as soon as she set the intention to first, I think she said she sent sent out loving energy to the crowd, then asked to receive it back. And she said it literally like threw her head back like the the energy that went through it to her and i've had several people you know kind of have those sorts of experiences with it and it's it's once again you know whether it's real not real you know how we know there's some truth to the fact that crystals are amplifiers and all these things At the end of the day it's all about the intention that's being set so uh yeah so that's my own little uh radionics device <laughs> oh, very cool very yeah cool. you're yeah. ahead of your time once again ah, apparently actually no didn't you say that the radionics thing was invented a long time ago yeah, yeah, it's been around for a while, but um, 
it's just cool to see more people really sort of, like you said, give it uh, legitimacy uh, from the point of view of seeing that the intention is what powers it. So yeah. it, it really, like you said, it doesn't matter how true it is. We make it true. So yeah. In the end, it's, uh, that's, that's the thing that's fascinating. And not only that, but you, of course, have this, uh, like you said, the staff that's just beautiful. It's just an you know, object of art in the first place. Mm-hmm. But then you know, to think that you can make something like that into something that's actually just a beautiful tool. Right. You know, and I've done that. I've, you know, I've been there with you, you know, in the crowd, mm-hmm. channeling my intention into the crystal. It, it really is enough to put a smile on your face. And I think that's something that links me in, in some way with everyone else who's ever seen it. Too, well, yeah, so yeah, too. exactly. Exactly. That's my, my personal belief is every person that's ever held it hundreds now and have put their love, heart, intention into it. Now that's all resonating on with this device that, you know, and of course we use crystals and everything, every, you know, computers and, you know, it's, it's all around. So we know that they, these devices are, are great uh, you know, conductors and conduits and so forth. So anyway, we're getting kind of far along here. So we need to probably go ahead and wrap it up for this uh, today's episode. Um, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in, tuning your beautiful brainwaves in uh, to the Positive Head podcast. Yes. Please remember to give us a uh, a rating on iTunes and, and, you know, if you're enjoying listening in and listening in regularly, or even if this is your first time, if you're, you know, our whole intention is to spread positivity and if you would like to help us in that endeavor, we certainly would appreciate you, you know, sharing this podcast, maybe on social media or telling friends, family, you know, even if it's just one person, um, we're, you know, trying to get, uh, get it out there far and wide and any help that you as our uh, supporters can provide is greatly appreciated. Um, well, uh, as far as leaving you guys with a little uh, jam to jam out to on this ah. Halloween, Hallow's Eve. You have something. Huh? Yeah, I have a little something. So in uh, honor of my son Bradley's birthday that we talked about early on and his uh, ignited passion for music, uh, which has really come on. You know, he's always loved it. But in the last you know year, it's just gotten to where he's like obsessive with it. And w- his new... Uh, one of his new favorite artists I'll go ahead and play because it's funny for years and years being such a big music lover myself I've always turned him on to all this music you know over the years and now he's getting to where he's starting to turn me on to music for the first time and so Mm -hmm. that's an interesting process and this is one of his favorite new artists that he's recently turned me on to that I really uh, like as well they're Tame Impala and this song is called Eventually it's off their newest album called Currents so uh I will leave you guys with a with that jam and uh, thank you so much for tuning in once again. And remember, as you're out there wandering about this wonderful world, as long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone.
Cause I know 